Amen. What an amazing, life-changing truth to know that, that we're loved by, by the God of the universe, the one who created us, who created everything. Uh, if you don't hear anything else today, I hope you, you hear that, just to know that, that you are loved with an everlasting love. I want to start this morning just by uh, telling a little story. I wonder if there's any baseball fans in, in, the, in the house this morning. Any ba- ba- baseball fans? Okay, good. Yeah, so uh, I was a huge baseball fan growing up. I loved to play baseball. And um, I was probably a little bit younger than you guys right here, but um, I used to play baseball. Uh, my little league played over at McKnight Fields next to Sportscom. You know where those baseball fields are? Oh, well, gosh, we spent so many, uh, so many days at that baseball field growing up. And I'll never forget one, one particular Sunday afternoon, uh, my team, the Indians, were playing. And uh, I, don't, I don't remember whether we won or lost. I don't remember who the other team was. I don't remember anything about that day. The only thing that I remember was the umpire, who the umpire was. I know that sounds a little strange, but I'm going to explain why in just a second. The umpire was a man named Jerry Anderson. And I didn't know who Jerry Anderson was at the time, uh, but uh, uh, my dad did, and a little bit later on, he told me uh, what a big deal he was. Jerry Anderson was uh, a football player. He, he played football for the University of Oklahoma the year that they won the national championship, and then he went on to play in the NFL. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, but, but my point is, on that day, uh, no one on our team knew who Jerry Anderson was or what he had done. We just knew that, that he was the umpire, okay? And, and you know how it goes sometimes between teams and players and parents and umpires, right? Um, I'll never forget, I'll never forget. So there, was some, there was this time late in the game where, where it was pretty close, I think, because tensions were high, and one of the players on our team rounded second, and he went towards third, and, and the throw came in from center field, and, and the ball arrived at third base about the same time as my teammate did, and, and the third baseman put his glove down on the ground, and the umpire, Jerry Anderson, yelled, he's out! And our dugout was on the third base side, right next to this play, right? And so... Um, and, and, the, and the stands for our fans were right there next to the play. And so everybody on my team and in the stands went crazy and not, not in a good way, right? We started, we started yelling and screaming at the umpire, the third base coach, and the player who got called out. They joined in this chorus of, of disagreement and disgust with this call. And, and it was tense. And I didn't know why at the time, but, but the way this umpire responded to the crowd. It left, it left this impression on me. I mean, he wasn't rattled. He didn't react. He, he, just, he just turned and walked away seemingly unfazed. And after that day, I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it much until a couple of weeks later when my dad was reading us an article from the Daily News Journal There was a story about a man who had died saving the lives of a couple of kids who fell into the Stones River. And one of the boys was one of the kids that was on my baseball team. And the man who had saved them was the umpire, Jerry Anderson. 
And after that day, we all knew who Jerry Anderson was and what he'd done. And I remember in that moment feeling a lot of, I was thinking back to the game, right? Now, I remember feeling a lot of guilt, a lot of remorse, a lot of regret about how I had acted, about how we all had acted. But also remember in that moment just having this deep sense of, of gratitude, inspiration in response to this amazing gift that was given, this example. It was such an example to young, impressionable me of what selflessness and sacrifice looks like. It was a, a living example of that for me. And we need that so much when we're young, don't we? I know that's why it's so important what you guys are doing. I've reflected on that experience a lot throughout the years and what it taught me about sacrifice. And in some ways, I'm still learning from that experience as I continue to learn about the gift of God's grace in Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if he knew that one of those boys was the boys from the baseball team. I doubt he thought about that game or it crossed his mind when he jumped into the water to, to save him. I don't know, but, but that's exactly where my mind went when I thought about what he'd done and the sacrifice that he'd made. As, as, as I reflected on it further in the days and months and years afterwards, I connected it into my, in my mind to the story of Jesus. How on his way to the cross, there was a crowd that was screaming and yelling and yet he was unfazed. In fact, he said this, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I thought about Jesus' words from John's gospel where he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me. I lay it down in my own accord. That was an experience in my life that at a young age made a real impression on me and I've continued to, to think about it and to process it throughout the years and it pointed me to Paul's teachings in his letter to the Romans in chapter 5 he describes both the sacrifice and the gift that's found in the good news of God's grace in Jesus Christ for for people like you and me I want to read it for you this morning this is Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Hear this, God's word for us today. You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, for me, for you. Stories like the one I shared with you makes it really personal to me. I wonder if you might make it personal this morning 
I wonder if, like me, you've ever looked back on your life and, and you've had moments of, of remorse or regret where you've acted impulsively or, or maybe intentionally and, and you've, you've regretted how you've responded. Maybe you've done things or said things that you wish you hadn't or, or not done things or said things that you wish you'd had. I wonder if we're really honest this morning. If there's any of us here today that feel like we've fallen short of God's goal for our life, and maybe you can relate to the feelings that I, I'm describing. Now, believe it or not, I'm, trying, I'm not trying to bring you down this morning. In fact, this is actually the, the starting point for the good news of God's grace. In Jesus Christ. See, the truth is, the Bible says we've all fallen short. We've all done things we, we, wish we, would, we wish we wouldn't have. Things we shouldn't have done. And we've not done things that we should have. And, and ironically, that when we acknowledge the bad news, that makes the good news even gooder. And that's, that's grammatically incorrect, but it's theologically accurate. When we recognize our need for God, then we can really recognize the depth of love that God has for us. The truth is, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that. Sin has separated us from God. And without Him, we're lost, we're helpless, we're desperate, we're drowning, we're dead in the water. And yet the good news is that God didn't wait for us to get our act together. God doesn't wait for us to get our head above the water. God dives in after us time and time again. See, the story in the Bible of Jesus on the cross, one of the things I love to say, it's not just that it happened, it's that it happened. It happens all the time. Now, that gift that God gave us, Jesus dying on the cross, that was a once and for all thing. But the grace that he offers us is ongoing. It's over and over again. No matter what you've done or haven't done, no matter where you've been or haven't been, God's grace meets us right there because Christ died for us. Jesus sacrificed his life for us, not because we earned it, not because we've done anything to deserve it. He did it. He would do it again because he loves us. Because that's who he is. Because it's in him. It's his self. Invitation to, to be loved in Christ. We are, we are God's beloved. And all we have to do is receive that gift to be loved by Christ. And when we do that, we can answer the call of God to help others be loved in Christ. And the way that we do that is for us to be love to other people. Jesus says, love one another the way that I have loved you. You heard me talk about this before. My friend J.D. Walt calls this, this, that part, the second half of the gospel. First half is John 3.16, for God so loved the world, right? It's also Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. 
It's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. But the second half of the gospel is love one another as I've loved you. It's, it's Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We don't do good works to get God to love us. We, we do those good works because God loves us. It's in response to that. See, how we live our lives doesn't change God's love for us, but God's love for us changes how we live our lives. Does that make sense? Once we realize the depth of God's love for us in Christ, the love of Christ compels us to share that love with others so that they might know the good news of God's grace. It's one of the reasons why we, we celebrate the gift of Holy Communion. We gather together to remember Christ and his sacrifice but also to remember the call of Christ to, to be living sacrifices and me, as members of the body of Christ, as beloved children of God, to respond once again to the good news of God's grace that's ours in Jesus Christ, that we are forgiven and that we've been given a fresh start, a, a second chance, new life in Christ, that we have been saved from sin and death, but we've also been saved for a purpose to love one another the way that Christ loves us because Christ now is in us through the Holy Spirit. The call of Christ is to live lives of obedience and sacrifice as an example that points other people to Christ as we live differently, as we make an impression on others by the way that we choose to live. I want to share one more thing with you about, about my story. There was an article in the Daily News Journal this week. I don't know if y'all read the News Journal, but I read it this Tuesday, and it was highlighting heroes in our community. And the title of the article was Legacy of Murfreesboro Hero Jerry Anderson Lives On Decades After His Sacrifice. I read the article and I remembered all the things that had happened, but there was one thing in there that I read that I didn't know. It said that he had actually done something like that similar before. Uh, when he was living in Oklahoma, there was a flood and some motorists were trapped in a car and he had rescued them just before their car was overwhelmed by the flood. And the article said his wife, Darlene, asked him why he would risk his life for others. And according to the Tulsa World newspaper, he said, it's just in me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what, what does that mean for us that Christ is in us? When I read that story this week, I just felt in my spirit it was time to share that story. I've never shared that with anybody else but Abby. But I thought today was the right day, especially since this Sunday celebration. Uh, communion Sunday because I don't think because I think about Jerry Anderson almost every time I come to the table of communion I remember that sacrifice and I'm so thankful that I get the privilege of saying to you hear the good news 
Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. We do a little Wednesday afternoon prayer service here in the gym. And uh, this week, we had a guest speaker, my brother Everett Simmons, and he shared with us that uh, when we say in the name of Jesus, it's really about in the nature of Jesus, that it's Jesus's nature to love us, to forgive us, to have mercy on us. So in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Every time we, we partake in this holy meal, we come to the table to receive the body and blood of Christ, and then we go from the table to be the body of Christ to the world around us because Christ is in us. I don't know about you, but every time it renews my spirit and it strengthens my resolve to live my life in response to Christ's sacrifice for me so that others might find life in him. So as we come to the table today, I've got a few questions I just wanna leave you with to think about and pray about as we come to the table and as we go from the table. What will you do in response to this good news? Maybe you've never received that gift before. Maybe Christ is calling you today. If you have, maybe there's someone else on your heart that might need to hear this message of grace. So that's the second question. Who else might need to hear this message of grace? And then the third and final question is, how might you share it with them by sharing your life? I invite you to think about and pray about those things as we come to the table of Holy Communion today. I want you to know that this is not a, a fellowship table. This is not a, a Methodist table. <laughs> this is Christ's table. And so all who seek to live in peace with, with God and with one another are invited to come openly and honestly to approach God's throne of grace with confidence, knowing that you will receive mercy in and through the sacrifice of Christ. Will you pray with me? Holy, gracious, loving God, we give thanks to you for creating us in your image, for giving us life and breath, the gift of one another. God, we come today acknowledging that we have all fallen short of your glory. We all come today in need of grace and forgiveness, and we thank you, God, that you so generously offer it to us through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And so God, we confess our sin to you today for the things that we have done that we wish we hadn't and the things that we haven't that we wish we had. We thank you that your grace covers us and frees us for joyful obedience through Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's in his name that we pray, amen.
you may have received a, a cup and juice. I want to invite you to get that out, but, but don't open it yet. We're going to open this gift together as a community of faith this morning. I want to simply remind you of the story of the night that Jesus gave himself up for us. He gathered with his disciples, and during this holy meal, he took bread, and he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body that's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took a cup and he gave thanks to God and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do it, do this in remembrance of me. And so God, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice, that you would make them be for us the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ and one with each other until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Now I want to invite you uh, on the screen. We have the Apostles' Creed. It's an affirmation of our faith. I want to invite you, if, if you uh, feel led, to, to read this aloud with me as we affirm our faith together. And then we're going to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now with one voice, we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, if you want to open your communion packet and take the bread, hear these words the body of Christ, broken for you. And then as you open the second layer for the juice, hear these words, the blood of Christ, shed for you. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we sing our closing song today. The altars will be open. If you'd like to come pray, you're more than welcome to come and pray. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you, but um, if you don't want anybody to pray with you, I'll leave you alone. You can come forward and, and pray. Uh, if you'd like to stay in your seats and pray, that's fine. However you want to use these last couple of minutes that we have together, I just invite you to open your heart and allow God uh, to speak to you and that you would be open and willing to respond to whatever it is that God is, is saying to you today. Let's stand as we sing this last